This is a test of the Bounty Park Alert System. Hello, welcome back and Happy New Year. So I meant to do that the other way around. I meant to say hello, Happy New Year and welcome back to the Boundary Park Alert System in 2024. It's the first one of the year. My name is Matt Dean. I'm uh, joined by my friend and co-host Andy Halliwell. Happy New Year, Andy. Happy New Year, mate. It's been nice to have a winter break, hasn't it? Well, I mean, all the top leagues in Europe do it, don't they? So and we're top, we're top league in, in, in this country, so why not? Yeah. No, it has been nice. We've kept the, the phone ins kept uh, kept ticking over, kept us, you know, just a bit of but I think you know what? I think everybody needs a bit of a break from from it as well. I mean, it's hard work, isn't it? Like it's hard work commenting commenting on Latics all the time. Sometimes, you know, it's hard being up for it all the time. But I'll tell you what, I'm hoping that like being in the top six is going to make it all a little bit more uh, easy and, and, and enjoyable because um obviously we'll come on to it in a minute. We've got the fan guests to introduce, but Andy, you and I have been doing this now for, this is our fourth season. And at no point have we been anywhere near the top six. That's a really good point, isn't it? Really. And <laughs> so this, this should be, this should be full of what, like this, this podcast in particular should be full of cheer and optimism and all kinds of wonderful stuff. And, but you know, we before we come on to that, we've, we've got a, a young a young guest on, so there's there's your first clue. So someone who's never seen any anything remote, probably never even seen us in the top six as long as he's been alive. Actually, thinking about it, um, let's let's do Andy, do do your thing, and 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 slowly introduce the the, the fan guest, and let's see who, if his mates can can guess who it is. They probably know he's on anyway, but you know what I mean. <laughs> when was your first game, fan guest? So my first game was. Carlisle at home in 2011. It was a one 0 loss on Tuesday night. A one 0 loss. <laughs> yeah. Nothing's going to get nof- nothing's going to get your uh, juices flowing like a one 0 home defeat to Carlisle on a Tuesday night. Was that was yeah. that one of the was that one of those games where it was two pound in or something like that? I'm not sure, but I was um, I was on the pitch at half time with my local football team, so that was that was why I was there, and then just got hooked straight off it. So. <laughs> That was that. 2011. Was Dickov manager? To be honest, I can't remember, but I think he must have been. I remember James Tarkowski being on the bench. That's just about what I can remember. So, well, that's, I mean, yeah, you possibly possibly seen Matt as in the playoffs for a fleeting moment under Lee Johnson. Yeah, but possibly that like, fleeting moment. Yeah. Isn't it? yeah. Um, so, who was your? Who has been your sort of favourite player? Then I was going to say your first favourite player, but I mean. You, you probably only had one in that period of time. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a rogue one. My first ever favourite player was Danny Philliskirk, and I don't think you've ever had that answer before. It was just <laughs> the first ever player that I kind of grew an attachment to. I remember him coming into my primary school. That was how young I am. Um, and when I met him, it was just like you were scoring a few goals at the time, and and that was it. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. He was he, he was he was right for a few seasons. He was like top yeah. scorer. Yeah. But, with with a, with a handful, you know, from sort yeah, of. Yeah, um, I mean, who, who signed him, Andy? Well, he, he left. He left our youth team to go to Chelsea for quite a chunk of money, um, and then he, Chelsea, let him go. He went to Sheffield United. He was at Coventry, um, and then we picked him up. I think probably when he got released by Sheffield United, um, and he was alright for a couple of seasons. I thought certainly he, he was in. He was a pivotal part. He was part of that team that that Lee Johnson got into the top six. Anyway, well, Reece saw something in him. 
So, you know, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway carry on <laughs> uh what's your what's what's your favorite lattice related memory it's gonna have to be fulham i know it's this time of year five years ago it feels mental saying that five years ago but just feel like the day out and everything around it was just like the first proper memory i could remember properly which is something to celebrate really yeah it was a good day out wasn't it it was a good day out um yeah. And then, have you got a little unknown fact about yourself? Um, well, my unknown fact slash claim to fame is that in 2019, I was voted in the top 10 best young football content creators. So that's my, was, my little fact. Was that was that at the what 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 category? Was that football content awards? Was that? It was. Yeah, we don't seem to win there, do we, old and fans? But <laughs> a few of us have been there now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't. We 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 weren't overly impressed with it. But um, oh no, that's that's good. Yeah, because you you used to do a blog, a vlog, didn't you? Yeah, when I was younger. Yeah, before yeah. he was legally able to drink, um, <laughs> and um, you know that that took over. Go on, come on, into We've I've already said your name. Everybody knows who you are. Go on. I'm Reece Parsons. Reece Parsons. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the podcast, P. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's been a while. It's been a long time coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what happened? I mean, you've gone from being, you know, in the higher echelons of national young content creation, and, and it, it, did you just uh, did you just start enjoying going with your mates, and and it just kind of like, or did you just get a fed up or what? No, he, I was I was about to say you could end that by saying he's gone from he's gone from a top content, top young content creator in in the country to being a fully fledged member of the Boo Bus. <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, so just, just growing up, really, I think. Um, I always got my mates and my family involved. Like, my dad was a big part of it, but um, it just felt more like a job in the end, and it just yeah. lost its enjoyment. And obviously, I was 15, hitting 16, and just think, well, obviously, we weren't great whilst I was doing it. It was like losing every week. So I know what you mm -hmm. must be like when we're getting beat. It's not, it's not as good as when we're winning, is it? So I think I just kind of lost the enjoyment for it, really. Yeah, and, it, and like you say, it's kind of like it's you're not just there just watching the game having a laugh you're constantly distracted by what you've got to do haven't you you know you've got because yeah. i often like we, we we posted um i posted um the, that chant on tiktok and instagram and facebook mm -hmm. you know the other video and it got so much more um traction than most other posts do because it's like in game and it's like you know so that kind of stuff is really popular but you, you, you want to be in the moment, don't you, during the game? You want to be watching it. You want to be, you know, rather than distracted. So I can totally get why why you, why you yeah, want that, to stop that's, that's it. what it was, really. And it got to a point where instead of just when I first started, it was going out and just filming my day. But as the bigger I got, as I got to like 5,000 subscribers, you're more focused on what shots you want to get and, yeah. you know, sitting somewhere else so you get the right shot or doing this and that. And it just took away from the actual day of going to the football with my dad at the end. So... Mm. That was, that was it, really. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, listen. None of us have have actually got to the point yet where we've um, been able to comment on a consistently winning and successful team. However, all three of us were at Darkin yesterday, and they say that a sign of a good team is a team that can play poorly and still win a game. Um, and. I thought that the first half yesterday was was fairly good to watch. I thought it was one of those games where like they had good possession, we had good possession, they had good chances, we had good chances. You know, we we, we scored um, late in the half, and then you know you're going into the second half thinking, right, okay, we can 
you know, we can finish this game off if we, if we get an early goal. But the second half, we just didn't come out at all. It was just... Uh, I, I listened to Mickey Mellon and I think he was just kind of like, let's just focus on the positives. We won the game. I'm not going to be like, you know, there's no point sort of like picking it apart too much. But... I mean, obviously, Andy, you were stood behind me yesterday um, and we were like, I looked around it at one point and went, it's coming, in it? And you nodded and obviously they did have the goal disallowed. But what what was your take on it, Reese? I think I saw you about half-time and you said you'd not managed to catch that much of the football. So, like, yeah, what, what was your take really overall good. yesterday on the on the game? So, from what I did see, because anyone who's at Darkin knows uh, they were a great view for some people yesterday. I mean, first half, I think I have a team could have got in at one-up, really. Mm. It was a great finish from Fondop, a bit scrappy in the box, but second half, like you said, we just dropped off and it just seemed to be dark and just lumping balls forward, which, you know, just overloading areas in that box. And they did get one. I don't know if it was offside or not. I've not, not seen it back, but that's the beauty of not having VAR. And to be honest, I think we're lucky to get all three points coming out at the end of it. But like you said, good teams win ugly and five away on the bounce now. So you've got to take positives out of it somewhere, aren't you? Yeah, it was what what it was with the goal was uh, there was a ball played through to the guy who set up the finish, the guy who finished it, and it was him who was offside. And he, he, it's hard to tell from that particular one, but he definitely, he definitely looked offside. So um, I think it was it was a good call. Um, we got lucky against Dawkins twice this season, Andy. When we when they were at Boundary Park, they had that shot that crossed the line, and Hudson parried it out. Not not quite Roy Carroll. Um, yeah, uh, levels of getting away with it. If you remember that goal um, that United Pe- against Pedro, Pedro Mendes for Tottenham, and and, yeah. and the bizarre thing is, I was at that game. <laughs> <laughs> I went on a corporate entertaining clients to that to yeah. Old Trafford against Spurs. I was at that game. No, it wasn't yeah. wasn't quite the same. It wasn't but... quite that level, but it was you know similar kind of thing. And um, but yeah, I mean, we, we we've got lucky, Andy, haven't we, against Dorking? We've got four points from from six, and it could have very very easily have been. None, <laughs> really. <laughs> it was fine margins, as that you know the old saying goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I thought, I, I thought Dorking played well in that second half. Like they, you know, and just I was chatting to. Well, it's quite. It was quite. I, it, it's a terrible terrace in it. It's, it's mm. so shallow. Like there's there's, mm. there's no there's no steepness to it. I had to have my eldest lad on my shoulders for seventy minutes yesterday. <laughs> so I've got I've got a crick in my neck now that I need need a, a masseuse to get out because um, they wouldn't let us uh, sit the kids on the crash barriers. Like even though you're holding them, like you know yeah. you're not allowed them on there. So you're going to force me to put him on my shoulders because I can't yeah. let him. He won't be able to see otherwise. Yeah, you, you're not allowed. To. I was like, I just totally over the top stuff. Yeah, but um. So with that with that sort of shallowness to it, but it, the good thing is there was quite a lot of room, so people were milling around and talking to each other. So we had a chat to quite a few people. Um, I, had a, I had a good chat to Ryan Hamer and uh, Steve Shipman and, and, and a few other people. And and there was a point where I think I was still with Ryan Hamer where we were like, right, let's count how many passes in this second half Dawkins put together in whatever attack they've got. And they were putting like, you know, nine passes, ten passes together regularly. And... The other thing that Ryan had noticed was that a player would pick the ball up for Dorking and then carry the ball forward. So mm-hmm. he would try and take a man on and run 20 yards in a in a forward attacking direction. And then you were like, right, wait for us to get the ball. Let's see what we do. <laughs> <laughs> and we put like three passes together before we would lose it. And nobody, literally nobody in the passes that we watched, ran forward with the ball. 
So they would receive the ball in a static position and then pass it and get rid of it. Almost like they didn't want to have a go. And, it, and then we were talking about Lundstrom. It's like when Lundstrom first appeared in the team after that lengthy layoff at the start. I mean, we've been saying in here for weeks, he's not going to be he's not going to be Andrea Perlo. He's not going to change the, the, the way we work because he's a young kid. And, you know, but hopefully he'll have bags of energy and there must be something around him being, you know, Alti's best player last season. And what it looked like he had when he first started to me was the ability to run at players. So he's got legs, he's young. And he would run. He would try and take players on. If he loses the ball, trying to take a player on, okay, fine. At least he's going to take a player on. Where's that gone? The lad, the lad just turns around and goes backwards. Now he won't even face the direction that we're playing in. Um, and so it, it looks like a complete confidence loss to him. Um, or is he being asked to do that? But he would receive the ball and then dither and lose it. And you're like, just run at him, Josh. I, I know you've got legs. Go. Like if you lose mm-hmm. it, having to try to take someone on, that's fine. So. Yeah, that that's the that's the constant worry, isn't it? I agree with you. Mellon was just trying to. There's no point having a go at him. Let's just take the positives from it. But yeah, he must be got. He's got to be going back on that coach, thinking, Jesus, we really, we're not going to get, we're not going to get away with that every week, are we? No. So we're, we're going to have to. We're going to still going to sign some players. Uh, how are you? How are you feeling, Reese? About I mean, because you know the the, the 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 you know the temptation. We got to talk about. We got to talk about what we see, and it's easy. I think it's easy to pull that performance apart, and we probably will a little bit as we're going through. But what what's your general mood, Reese? Now, like um, in the Melon era, how are you feeling about what you're seeing? Or we're up to six for the first time in, like, say, God knows how long. Is it seven wins, three draws, and three defeats in the league? I think it is. Um, so, what? How's your mood now compared to what it was like um, earlier on in the season? I'm pretty positive. Yeah, I just think if Mellon's got this squad with only two signings, we've only seen one of them because Walker was on the bench yesterday. He's getting a tune out of this squad now with areas as weak as our midfield, which is obvious to see for everyone, and a right wing back which we're lacking. When he does make his signings and does get his men in, I think if he's doing what he's doing now, it can uh, only really get better, can't it? So I'm pretty impressed with him, yeah. It's a lot better than the start of the season anyway. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, like like Mellon, you say, you can you can focus on, yeah, we won the game. We didn't we didn't play well in the second half. But I, I, it was frustrating watching it, and I was absolutely bricking it as we were getting towards the final whistle because, you know, obviously, they scored relatively late on as well with the off- the disallowed goal. But there were some changes that I wanted to see. That that goal, we have to comment on what the hell was Megai doing? Um, because he got the ball. He had a poor game for me yesterday. I thought when the substitutions were coming in, Gardner were coming on, I thought, thank God for that, my guy's coming on. Now, Lundstrom uh, came off. I didn't think he had a good game either. I was watching his body language at parts during the day. He looked a bit he, he looked a bit flat-footed and sluggish. He didn't seem to be able to turn. Very, you know, he just, he, he looked like he was struggling a bit. Like you were saying, Andy, there might be a reason for that. But I thought McGay had a, a shocker yesterday. And, and, and that ball, there was a ball on that he could have played in the straightaway, first-time pass, forward pass and the ball was on and he played what was a really really negative sideways pass and obviously it went to their player and they broke and, and he got away with it big time and for me when Hallam Hope has played in midfield rather than McGay like against Hartlepool Reese, you were at Hartlepool as well weren't you you know we, yeah. we we were on the front foot weren't we more and we pressed them back more and we and we give them something to think about and this thing about like soaking it up like we did against Gateshead again yesterday 
from a managerial point of view, from a from a tactics point of view, a coaching point of view, I think Mickey Bellin got away with it yesterday. I think if it was David Unsworth that set his team up like that yesterday and not made the change and, and just kept soaking up, because he, he said, oh, my three centre-hours were great. They defended really well. And I thought Raglan had a good game. Hobson had a good game. Uh, Hogan had a good game centrally. But when it came to covering the wing-backs, I thought they had a poor game. And I also think that... McGuy had a poor game at covering the wing-backs because he didn't have the legs to get across and we kept getting caught. Now, whether the tactic was to just like crowd the, the central area and the bots and just win headers, but we got away with it. And for me, Mellon Road is look big time. I agree with you, Reese. I think he's, he's, he's made, you can't argue with the results. Seven wins, three draws, three defeats. We definitely, we've definitely turned a corner, but we were very, very lucky yesterday. Uh, I think we really, really got away with it, and and for me, I think there was a a feeling of like, why is he, why is my guy still on the pitch? Let's let's defend a bit further up, and look, we we got a couple of chances as well yesterday. Yesterday, when um, we actually did push on, when Willoughby came on for Norwood, Norwood was really off the pace yesterday as well. He didn't have a good game. He had good chances. He could score. He was missing shots in the warm up in the first uh, before the game started. I noticed, so he was off the ball. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to have a downer on anybody. But it was. Yeah, we got away with it yesterday for sure. But like five league, five league is 17 years. That's the first time I saw someone pause it in 17 years. That's the first time we've had five away wins on the bounce, which is good going. Yeah, it's a, it's the last time we won five away on a bounce was when it was 2000 and. Seven, I think was it two thousand nine, in two thousand seven. So it's, it's Sheridan's team anyway. Where um, is it, last time we did that? But it, for, for me, the, the thing you just described is if we, can, you, you know, we talk about putting square pegs in round holes. We, we've got rhomboids in star shapes. <laughs> we, we've got the completely. It, we're debating whether it should be. I, heard, I saw someone. I saw well, Andy Roberts, who wrote the blog this week, debating whether Will Sutton should go in centre midfield. I'm like, I, I get, I know what he was doing, but. We play. We're talking about Hallam Hope, Harrison McGarry, uh, uh, Will Sutton playing in midfield. No wonder we're not dominating games. It, it's not. It's not really their fault. They're, they're. They're just not. They're not those sorts of players. And it's all. It, you know. It, it still may. <laughs> Don't mention the R word, Andy. Don't mention the R word. Don't mention what? What's that word? The, the R word. Not Reese. You can say Reese. Uh, <laughs> no, I can't say it because I've just told you not to say it. Think back to the summer, Unsworth and Thompson. Don't mention the R word. Oh, you said it now. Yeah, it's criminal. Yeah, yeah. It's criminal. Isn't it? it's you criminal. said that to me yesterday at half time. Again, you were off on your uh, on your R word rant, like you know. It's, oh my god, about the it's, it's criminal, isn't it? It's like I, we we knew we knew like, and we, we're amateurs. Like we're we're not the professionals. We knew that we needed. To, like, I, I saw my mate Danny yesterday, who, who you were chatting to as well. I've not seen for yeah. ages. It was great to see him yesterday. Well, Danny and I were just talking about like. It's been so obvious to every one of us, all of us amateurs, that we need someone who can just get his foot on the ball and say, "This is the pace that we're going to play at. I'm going to dictate the pace that we pass the ball around. Give it to me, demand the ball, yeah, and yeah. then get it got." That's that, and 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 we don't have anyone to do that. Lundstrom is not that sort of player. Seemingly, he'll run forward with the ball when he's doing what he should be doing. 
Dan Gardner's yeah. the nearest that we have to that, isn't he? When he comes on the pitch, he wants the he, ball, doesn't he? He did nothing. He, he did nothing when he came in today. He didn't affect no. the game at all. Um, but it, that was and, that was more about the way that the whole team were playing, how deep we were playing, how how like even if he was on for a pass, we probably wouldn't have given it to him. We would have lumped it because yeah. that's what we were doing. I think Fondop had a good game yesterday in terms of like doing what he was supposed to be doing. He chased everything down. He scored a goal. He won his headers. It's Great not, finish. Yeah, it was. And you Smash know, it, yeah, put his foot what, right through it into the roof. Lovely thing. Really frustrating that like in the second half, none of the action was down our end, Reese, was it? It was all it was all down the other end. And when they did get up here, the crowd got going a bit, didn't they? And it's like, oh, you know, oh, you're here now. Hey, all right, lads, hey, you know, and, uh, and then they, then they were gone again. Like it was um it's difficult. Hey, you know what I hate, Reese? I hate away ends with no roof. It's hard yeah, to get an atmosphere going, isn't it? It's that yeah. that's the problem with this league, isn't it? <laughs> that's why we need to yeah, get back into the league. Yeah, yeah, a lot of southern grounds as well. You know, you go to wheeled stones, and there's just not the acoustics for it, really, because it's not they're not proper football grounds, really, are they? I think the closest probably Barnet. We took two hundred there, and it was loud for ninety minutes. But yesterday was was a right struggle. Yeah, yeah, it's a shame, isn't it? When, when you know that second half was, uh, you know, a combination of them being in, in our half for the all half and it wasn't having a roof it was quiet but it was it was great i mean it was lots of people there that great turnout lots of people i knew down there like you said andy it was uh it was brilliant and and i and i think that going into where we are now let's look at the positives because if i'd already decided i'm going to call this episode e-i-e-i-e-i-o because we are that was the first time yesterday that we've had that chant and we're in a position where it actually could mean something. If I wasn't going to, because I'm putting a positive spin on it, obviously, because you know we are there is plenty to be positive about. If I wasn't, I would have called it rhombuses in star shapes. I think, <laughs> <laughs> but, but um, you know, and I think that like last season we finished we finished the season uh, more, much stronger than we started it. Um, we said on the pod early on that that was our general consensus is what in what would happen is that we'd start, you know, we grow into the season. So hopefully that that's happening. But I think our away support could be a, a huge factor in our success this season. Now, I think for towards the end of the season, like when the games really matter, you know, look at the attendance yesterday, the away attendance. I was outstripped every other teams by a country mile. And it was probably one of the longest trips of the day yesterday as well. And I think that, that's why getting results at Boundary Park is going to be so important now. Because I think if we can if we can turn that corner at Boundary Park, that 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 away backing that we have, which is far better than probably every other team in the division, sort of based on like where you know where we've been in the league. I think I think that it, you know we're going to make good turnouts, and that could really be the key. So I'm excited from this point. I think if you remember, Andy, when we were talking before um, Christmas, how I was saying that. The, the the Christmas New Year period was pivotal to to what was going to happen. If we flopped, we would have been out of contention, and we didn't flop. Well, we 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 faltered against Gateshead, but after that, we steadied the ship, and well, now we're really in contention, and it's it's exciting. And I'm hoping that that it continues, and that, that the crowds come into Boundary Park, and we follow them away, and we have an exciting end to the season because. You know, Reese. You know, you've never known it, um, but Jesus, me and Andy have been waiting a long time for it, haven't we? <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like it's it's probably twice as long as you've been born that we've been waiting for any any kind of success, or virtually. So I think we all are absolutely just desperate for it, and I think that the attendance yesterday is a is a good indication of that. So it brings me around to thinking about Saturday um, in the FA Trophy. 
Um, what what what's your what's your take on the FA Trophy race and how excited or or not are you about Saturday's game? Well, there was chance about Wembley yesterday, so I think I'm not the only one that would be taking it, you know, as serious as it can be. Not just Saturday, but if we get through um, the rest of the competition, really. I've never been to Wembley, and I'm not the only one. Pretty sure we are, we've never been to the new Wembley, Oldham. Um, so it's a long time ago. I think only just my dad can remember going to Wembley and stuff. So I'd love to go there. It's a dream to go there. You know, getting to winning, winning habits is never, ever a bad thing. And even if we win that and don't go up in the playoffs, it's, it's got something to build on for next season, isn't it? Yeah, I, I agree completely. And I, I really want to win it. And I was thinking about this, like I was talking to my mum before, my mum and dad, uh, like they're not going to go on Saturday because they sit in the main stand and it's always dry. You guaranteed it to be dry in the main stand. And uh, that's a big thing for my mum and dad. Like they don't want to get piss wet through. And so when they close the main stand, they, they don't, they won't go in the Joe Royal stand. And I, and I understand why the club do it. I think it would be better if they opened all three stands for these FA trophy fixtures. I think it'd be better if they did that. And they, because I also think the other thing that it sends out that message of, oh, it's not, you know, I would love to see Boundary Park quite full for an FA Trophy game. I'd like I'd like us to be like going right. This is a real chance for for Latics to get to Wembley a day out to win something to like help propel us in the right direction to stop the slump. It doesn't like it's we're, all we're in contention for this ever <laughs> is like this is a trophy we could genuinely win. We'll never win the FA Cup. Look at like when I when I left the house before it was five nil to City against Huddersfield, right? So it's absolutely no chance, right? We're never going to win the League Cup. We can't win the League Cup in National League anyway because we're not in it. We can't win the other uh, pizza trophy. Well, I'd like to win it because you've got to start winning things for, to turn things around. Um, so yeah, I think I think we should be making a big deal out of about this FA Trophy, and we should be really going for it. And the club, the club should be. You know, like, yeah, we're up for this. We want to get to Wembley. We want to win it. It's important. Like that mentality of whatever we're like, City, whatever we're in, we're going to win it. And you, it's up to you to 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 knock us off our perch. What do you think, well, Andy? No, well, not only that. I, I'm not. <laughs> the honest answer is, I'm not particularly sort of excited about the con- the concept of the FA Trophy. But you're absolutely right. The pair of you, I agree with you. I had a chat to to George Parkin about this on the way out last night. He he was saying we've got to take it seriously as a trip to Wembley and, and to try and, you know, get some momentum going. That could be a competition that helps get some momentum going. But I think, and the hard, cold facts of it are, you'll probably turn over a few quid if you get to Wembley. So yeah. just from just from a budgetary purpose, you know, and reason, to try and put some more money in the coffers for us to be able to sign better players in the summer, whatever division we're in. Um, is, well, not is just well, not just Wembley, Andy. Like, you know, on Saturday, if four or 5,000 of us turn up paying cash on the gate, <laughs> that is brilliant. That is money into the club. You know what I mean? And so I, I just think that that, and, and also what it does is it, it tells the, you know, the players and everybody says, we're serious. Like, we, you know what I mean? We, I, I would love to see that on Saturday. I would love to see 4,000, 5,000 fans at Boundary Park. I don't think we will, but I would love to see it. Um, I'd love it to the next game. You need to open the main stand. Let's get in there. You know, this is this is our FA Cup. And are people going to go, mm, I know that people listening will be thinking, oh, but it is like, because we're not going to win the FA Cup. We're not going to get to an FA Cup final. Andy, you and I got, we saw as close as we've ever, we're not, I'm not going to say never, but like in, you know, the possibly in our lifetime or certainly for a long, long time, the chances of us getting anywhere near Wembley are minute. 
in the cup, in the F, you know, in one of the major cups. So I think like for the, I just, we could potentially be going to Wembley on the 4th of May and then back there on the 11th of May. And they'd be like, that'd be some good Latic stuff, wouldn't it? Well, you know, you've waited all this time and then like buses, you know, you get two at once. It'd be amazing. So, you know, but yeah, I mean, I just, I'd like to, I'd like to, I'd like Boundary Park to be busy on Saturday and, and, you know, not, I'd, I'd like the players, to, I'd like the fans to turn up and I'd like the players to turn up because they were bloody shite against Mikulov, weren't they, in the last round? He really limped over the line in that one. And Peterborough Sport. <laughs> yeah, last season. And yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So the thing is, is that if we if we win this game on Saturday, it'll be the furthest we've ever got in the FA Trophy. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's another positive for this season. You know what I mean? Like, we're going in the right direction. I'll tell, tell you what I didn't do yesterday. Did you, did, so when it was like... Uh, uh, you know they they run the clock, don't they? So you can see the injury time on the clock. And as it was yeah. approaching the 90, 95 minutes, as five minutes yeah. added on yesterday, quite a few people started whistling. And I, just I heard up. you. I heard you. I know what you're going to say. Yeah. yeah. I to few, there was a guy whistling next to me. I turned to him. I said, "I'm not whistling at Dawkins. I'm not doing it. I'm just not yeah. doing it." Yeah. <laughs> Not I know. I think I heard you say then. I think you said I'd do it in the FA Cup semi final. No, I, 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 I said I have done it. I said I have done it. Yeah. In the FA Cup semi final. Yeah, yeah. I'm not whistling at Dorking away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know, no, but man. God, we wanted it to end, didn't we? Yesterday, it was yeah. uh, it was nail biting stuff. But um, I mean, like when Willoughby came on, and and there were there were a couple of chances. Uh, we got forward a bit because the game was stretched, but. Um, yeah. Should, we, should we talk about? We, so we've talked about uh, rhomboids in star shapes. We've talked about uh, players coming in on off and what have you. Should we talk about this this week's rumours? Yeah, why not? Yeah. So, uh, well, members of the Boo Bus, Reese might be able to tell us more. Members of the Boo Bus were absolutely sure that Kyron Gordon was signing for Latics this week, and 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 the Boo Bus were 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 eulogising over, over the fact that he was going to be a good, a great signing, even though he's only played like 40 minutes for Fylde and 60 minutes in his entire career or something equally. And then he went and signed for Dale. So I can't imagine that we were in for him whatsoever on the basis that he signed for Dale, because let's be honest, <laughs> if we were in for him and Dale were in for him and that was his choice, you wouldn't choose Dale, would you? <laughs> let's be brutally honest. So we weren't in for him, were we? So, uh, so some of the rumours, it, it may be that that the that the leaks are drying up. Who knows? Um, but uh, the the other the other link has been Danny Lloyd. People were sure Danny Lloyd was signing after he was he, he didn't extend his contract at Livingston. Nothing's materialised there. Um, possibly, possibly a debate over. Um, what he wants to get paid might be an issue, even if we are talking to him. Who knows? We'll, uh, I guess we'll find out. Um, maybe one or two might leave, possibly, over the over the course of the next week or two. Um, Such as? Players. What are the rumours? Maybe one or two members of the first team squad. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, that were involved yesterday might leave. Um, possibly. Uh, 
Who else have we been lit with? I'm very sure there's one. This is very vague, Andy. It's very yeah, vague. I know. I'm trying, to, <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying to mop up with the with with the with the broad chat that's been going. What have on. you What have you heard, Reese? Give, give us a chat on the boo bus. You, you give give, give us some give us some completely unfounded nonsense that we can so people can chat about here during the week. <laughs> well, the rumours have been flying on the hashtag all week, haven't they? And some of them have been unbelievable. I did hear that Garden one, to be fair, but. I do agree with you, Andy. If there is a chance to go to Rochdale or Oldham, it's not like he's got a side with either club. You know who you're going to. It's not being big-headed. It's better facilities. Yeah. Better, yeah. You know, everything. Yeah. I did hear Sinclair as well, but he scored yesterday and shushed. So, you know, don't know if that was to silence the rumours or whatever, but Dale fans seem to be in uproar about that one. Yeah. Um, I did hear that Nuttall refused a loan out to Fylde, but once again, whether or not that's true or not, but they were the they were the rumours that I've heard this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I find the Sinclair one highly unlikely. I think he's probably got. Is he got another year on his contract? So his contract he's got right six there. months he's, until it's up. Yeah, six months. Six months until, until it's, up. it's up. Yeah. So you'd imagine he'll probably just see that contract out. Is there, mm-hmm. there seems little point in in unless unless Dale got silly money offer for that on that yeah. six months, which we're not going to make a silly money offer. You're just going to wait for that for that to run out. I would have thought. Um, whether he'll come to us at that point or not, I, I, I don't know. I haven't seen an enormous amount of him. He did really well at Alty last year on loan, didn't he? Um, when Dale didn't want him when they were in League Two, so um, I, and he's done okay this season. But I sort of, I don't know. I don't know how. I don't, I don't know. They're talking him up like he's like you know, amazing. I'm not sure he's that good. But um, I think the point that you've been making for a, for a while, Andy, about like who you know, not buying or bringing in players for the sake of it, you know, at yeah. this time, at this time of the season with next season in mind, you know, yeah. like if you, if we can't get who, if we can't get the kind of players who are guaranteed starters next season and guaranteed to improve the side, there's probably no point in, in, in bringing anybody in and it's worth waiting. And I think that that's where obviously the loan market potentially um, well, plays, if, plays its if, key if role. If you talk about that recruitment, like if you Josh, so Josh Stones, I mean, none of us have heard of, he, his line was like Matty Palmer or Curtis Main, wasn't it? When, when yeah. we're signing those players, you're like, why are we signing them? And they come in and they make yeah, an actual yeah. difference. You're like, well, someone's done the research there. Yeah, right? of course. Clearly. Yeah, so yeah. Josh Stones, you, you've got to, you know, don't you doff your hat to uh, to Brabin and, and Mellon because they have they knew what they were bringing in and he made a discernible difference. Mm. But what, what that leads me to look at is, he was at Geisley two seasons ago, and he, what the Wigan scouting to pick him out? That that's what we should be doing. We yeah. should be trying to find the next Josh Jones at Geisley now. <laughs> that's what mm. we should be looking is trying to pick off players that are going to mature into something that are going to make a real discernible difference. And, and you know what? That 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 you know we've got to give that a bit of time because let's not forget that you know what eighteen months ago. <laughs> We didn't even have any kind of scouting or recruitment system. So, you know, it will take a little bit of time until we've got that proper network out there doing all that work, a trusted, you know, and having a, having a, like you said, a head of recruitment, a head coach, a manager in situ to make it all happen, to pull all the strings and and, and make it work. So that's obviously going to ultimately be the the aim, I think. And, you know, we are an attractive proposition locally. You know, having that conversation about, uh, Rochdale and, and and comparing us to them, you know we 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 do have a lot more clout. You look at I mean like look at obviously Bury now they're they're 
below us in the pecking order, if you like. Rochdale below us in the pecking order. Um, I guess, obviously, Stockport would be a much more attractive proposition. Bolton would, Wigan would. But, you know, we're, we're, we're rising back up to where, you know, where we where we should be in, in the local pecking order. And, and, and that's just money rising up, rising up to where we should be. Did you see Sky Sports did a did an article this week where um, we chatted about it before the game yesterday, um, where they they looked at the every single club in the top five divisions. So thankfully done the top five, so we could be included in this or or not depending on on how you look at it. Uh, top five divisions looked at their post war record uh, and seen you know how they how they fared over that period, and then compared it to the present league ladder, if you like. To see who is over and underperforming the most. I think that's why they included the the five divisions, Andy, because of the how far some of the uh, mighty have fallen. I think. Probably. Well, actually, they pro- actually given the answer, they probably included top six divisions because they had Scunthorpe in there as well, so they must have done. But right. Um, so yeah, so top of the pile, top of the pile, and I mean like miles in front. <laughs> Second and third were like South End and Scunthorpe, and but we were we were way in front of them, like you know. We were top of the pile, something like 50-plus places below our post-year average is where we currently reside. Our post-war average. Yeah, sorry, post-war yeah, average. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, post-year average, yeah, but post-war, yeah. Post-war, post-war average, sorry. Um, yeah, um, it, so we are so, so like so we're one of the things that uh, hopefully we can um, when we do win the the FA Trophy this year we can put it next to the the trophy or the wooden spoon with which is on which is carved <laughs> biggest underachievers in the post-war era. Yeah, yeah, basically is, officially. Yeah, fifty-four. Yeah, fifty-four behind uh, our post-war and and forty-one with Southend and Scunthorpe, miles wow. in front of them. Wow. Nowhere near as good as us. <laughs> and if you if you mix those those up, that's SOS, so which is obviously a, a call for help. So those three clubs are indeed uh, calling for help. Reese, I think when you were uh, when you know that one nil Tuesday night defeat against Carlisle, but you never thought it was going to be this way, did you? Huh? Oh no, no, it definitely <laughs> set the tone. I've got like I say, I'm not the only one, so I'm not complaining just about me. But there's thirty year olds, I'm only nineteen, but. I've only yeah. seen two relegations and the win at Fulham. <laughs> that's all I've seen, really. A few give, FA Cup wins, Liverpool, and that, and that's give it. us an insight, Reese, into like you know, I'm I'm not I'm not trying. I don't know, just to come across patronising. But me and Andy are like middle-aged men, so we we see we see our you know our way. You, yeah. Yourself over the last few years, like through the through the Abdallah era, and like you know going into that, how how like. I don't know. Was it hard, like sticking with it? Was it just always just kind of like, you know, how did how did the whole how did the whole experience affect you as a fan? Yeah, especially as a young fan. I mean, growing up and you see all your mates. Like my mate went to Istanbul and then he went to the FA Cup final and then he's winning the Premier League. Like, oh, I suppose a few months and then we're getting ready to play teams like Wealdstone and stuff. Especially recently, it just kind of settles in because that this fan younger than me. We've only seen us in non-league or League Two. I was quite lucky in a sense to see us play teams like Sheffield United, Preston, you know, Millwalls, Wolves when they came down and stuff. So I did see a League One, but like you say, there's been no success. It has been hard, and especially under Abdallah and stuff like that, sticking with it. Obviously, you're never, never going to change your club. You're once in, never out. But when you're, like I say, surrounded by half your class are all red or blue and you're old and you're just going down, down, down. It, it was hard to watch and it definitely did have an effect, but it will make the good time sweet when we're on the rise back up, won't it? 
Does it does it also harden your character? So so when when people are making possibly making fun at school of the fact that we're you, you just get you just become a bit hardened to it and think fucking basically. Yeah, I think you've heard it for years now, haven't you? Oh, like ever since someone finds out you're in Oldham fan, it's ah you're in League One and then ah you're in League Two and now it's National <laughs> League. So you're always used to it. So that, like I say, that's why it's gonna be better when we do win something, even if it is the FA Trophy. You're never gonna hear the end of it off me because. Just something to to get back at them for. I've, 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 already, I've already got my six year old lad who's who's getting into it now. Like I was on my shoulders yesterday for like seventy minutes, like watch genuinely watching the game, which was good. I've I've already got him trained at six and a half to te- to tell his mates at school how many games he's been to live. So I'm like, right, that's now your nineteenth game live. <laughs> when you get to, when you get to school. And they say, whatever they say, say, I've been to 19 games. And ask them, how many games have you been to? Knowing full well, they've been to not. <laughs> yeah, That's how it is, yeah. That's how yeah. it is. I think the thing you, you mentioned there about you're not going to change your club, and you're not, but so many fans, and I think as well when you're younger as well, because like I used to go a lot when I was a kid. Um, and then when I got to like, get your age, and I started going clubbing on a Friday night and stuff like that, and you know, it makes it harder to you know you're in Manchester and you end up some party somewhere, and then you've got to get yourself up to Boundary Park on a Saturday afternoon when it's the last thing on earth you want. And you know, circumstances change, this, that, and the other. It's and you know, it's easier to find excuses, not excuses, but other things to do, better things to do than going freeze your nuts off, watch a terrible game of football at Boundary Park when when you know pretty much that you know, especially over the last however many. Years. It's it's a hard thing to stick with because it's not always like that enjoyable, is it? It's you know it's it can be a bit crap, <laughs> you know, yeah, cold, I wet, and, agree, and, and yeah. you know, and so it, that's why I was interested to to find out your perspective because like you've stuck with it, you've you've gone with you know through all that. Is it just that kind of? Is it is it literally just that you know we, they all keep the faith and that? Is it just the the eye on the the future that one it's going to be worth it? Like Andy's always saying, when we're playing Notts Forest in the Championship, you know, ten years time, is that what's kept you going? Yeah, I think it is really, and I think I've learned pretty early on. Just if you go for the day out, then most of the time the football can't kill it for you. But I mean, from two o'clock to five o'clock, it can be the worst part of the day most of the week. But like I say, I've, I've still had some great memories watching us and we've not even won anything yet. I know I get a bit of flat for it sometimes, but I've seen us in Africa, seen us winning Africa in pre-season. We've had a few days out in the FA Cup. Um, so like like Andy says, like when we get back up there and we're doing well, even if it's just in League One, I think I'll treasure it more because I used to complain about just finishing above the drop zone in League One and I'd snap an arm off to be back there now. It is all about the experience, and it? it is about going with your family, or with your friends, yeah. and 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 that's what makes it special. It's not, it's not results, and and well, it is results as well. well. It's ultimately it'd be, results. It'd be, it'd be nice. It'd be nice yeah. every now and then. Yeah. yeah, but it's not the be all, not the be all and end all. The results. No, it is isn't the it's not... it, 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 This is the conversation I was having with Steve Shipman uh, yesterday. Like we were talking about, uh, he, he was talking about his, his Stockport mates, who they've been through the mill, obviously. But even even during their time through the mill, they've seen promotions and relegations. Yeah, yeah. So they, you know, they, they've they and they've got to you know at some stage maybe progressed in some trophy or whatever. We've had literally nothing. And like Blackpool, you know, Blackpool have had in the time that we've spent twenty odd years in League One and and gone down to the National League. Blackpool have had eight promotions, eight relegations, 
uh, five playoff finals, three cup finals. Like, it was just, you're like looking at it going, crying out loud. Yeah. Like, it'd be nice to have something, wouldn't it, just to hang. But you think, this is the point about momentum, isn't it? If you think about, um, you asked Reese before, and he answered, you know, articulately about how um, how Mellon, how well Mellon is doing. So, so, so Mellon is now, I don't know what his points per game after yesterday was, but it's, you know, well over 1.8, pushing 1.9 points per game. Over the course of the season, that would be comfortably uh, in, in the playoffs. His, his form under the time that he's been here is he's third, Mellon. Um, we, we have, we've gained the most points. Uh, so after, if you ranked every team in the National League in the calendar year 2023, we'd be fourth. Um, obviously, because Bunsworth back end of the season was okay in, in points at least. Momentum's there, isn't it? It's building. You can feel it coming. I can feel it coming. Like I'm, you know, I'm, I know with one or two signings, we start to get on top of teams instead of it being the Alamo and relying on a, a defensive shape to get us out of a tricky situation yesterday. If we can possibly get a run in the FA Trophy, if we can get to the playoff, get into the playoffs and see how we fare, if we can possibly get that home tie in the quarterfinal, get fourth or fifth, you know, it means we're not away first up. Who knows? What once you get going, if we can get into League Two, my expectation always is that, and if you look at any team that goes up from the National League, they tend to do okay in League Two for, for a year or two before yeah. the likes of Sutton and whatever you know, Forest Green have been in there a few years, been up and down actually. They tend to get going. You could that momentum could build quite quickly, and we could have like three, four, five years of reg, you know, relative success. How good would that be? <laughs> well, it's completely <laughs> it'd be amazing, and, wouldn't it? Just yeah, to get, yeah. Behind that, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've been thing... so starved of it. Like Steve Shipman was saying yesterday, we've been so starved of that that whenever we win a couple of games, this is where we we don't know what to do. We get completely starstruck. We're like, oh, we've won a few games. We're in the playoffs. Oh, we're going to go up, and then you lose one, and everyone goes, oh, we're rubbish. You know, like we're so up and down because of like how we've been uh, almost mentally affected by the last thirty years. Yeah, it's been it? shocking. And and you know, and, and you know, you get I think as well when you come to the psychology, you know, someone like you reads so younger, all all you hear from everyone around you is it's negative, in it? It's like oh typical latics, or oh, don't you win a call, don't worry, we'll fuck this up now. You know, we've <laughs> you know, it there's been that sort of psychology. So it's it that's the massive thing that needs breaking that 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 um that flip and that's why i think that get, i think that's why i think getting to the fa trophy final and winning it would be brilliant because i think even if we don't go up this season through the playoffs if we at least we could say well you know we won some of it this season and we got to wembley and it was brilliant and it's going to completely change the optimism around the club and the feeling and we'll have something positive to talk about next season you know rather than it just be so you know i did i it's it, it's just it is starting to get a little bit exciting. I mean, when you look up, when you look up at League Two, because the thing is about falling down, is every time you look up, the next thing. So when we were in League One, you look down to League Two, and you think, "Oh God, I don't want to go down there. That looks grim." And then you go down to League Two, and then you're like, "You get used to it." And then you look down to National League. Oh God, I don't want to go down there. It looks grim. And then you go down. So then you're in National League, and you look up at League Two, and then League Two don't look as bad. <laughs> so it gives like you look up at League Two now, you think, oh yeah, well we'll go to places like Bradford and Swindon and Tranmere and Doncaster and Grimsby. They're they're all right. They're good. They're good days out them. And then depending on who goes up, we could go to Notts County and Wrexham and Mansfield. And you start thinking, oh, you know what I mean? League Two all of a sudden seems like a decent 
um, seems like a decent season to be in. And then, then you start looking at League One and the teams that are up there and you think, bloody hell, that looks fantastic. And not to, not to mention the championship. So it really does kind of like set a different sort of set of expectations and a different mindset. Um, and you look at the the enthusiasm for for the club. I think I bet for someone you know for some of the even younger people like than you, Reese, that didn't even realise that Latics were capable of bringing in such kind of crowds that we've had this year, even in the national league. So if we do get promoted, we're going to League Two next season, and there's even more season ticket orders, and we're you know we're, we're averaging eight nine thousand fans a game. Maybe it's just everything is everything is different, and that momentum is taking us back to to something like what we remember Andy when you know when back in the day so I think and I think we've needed it for we needed this for a long time we've needed a reset we never obviously we didn't want to like be on the verge of extinction but we, we that 21 years in league one just sucked the life out of so many fans so many people uh, like you know, they, so many people found somewhere else to do on a Saturday afternoon. Ultimately, um, and they've been re-engaged since since everything that's gone on. So, yeah, it's uh, it's really good. Have you, Reese? Before we before we give you a grilling on the Latics mind, have you got uh, you know you you're on the pod? You've got a, you know you've got the you've got the the, the Latics audience. Is there anything you want to particularly you want to say? Um, not really. I just I know I'm very vocal about it on Twitter. I just wish that sometimes our away followings were a lot better. But then, you know, the team I've got to perform, they are doing away from home now. But it would be nice just to see us travel. I know circumstances are different for everyone and stuff like that. But it does half get boring sometimes when you go into Wheelstone and there's 200 there and there's not much noise. You just want something to, something to shout about. But what you've been saying... Just a bit of success, even five on the bounce. It's a, it's a springboard just to do better, isn't it? And once momentum catches, like 800 yesterday is absolutely brilliant. I think, like you mentioned before on the pod, it was a second furthest away day. I think Halifax went to Southend and took 69. I know they're a small club, but 800 just after Christmas to Darkin, absolutely unbelievable. So the numbers carry on, we keep winning. And just seeing big crowds away from home, I think would be excellent. Had it had it not been Dawkins, I, I imagine we might have taken half that number. I think mm-hmm. I think because of what I mean, did, I don't know if you ever buy a program or you saw the program. But um, Dawkins had plastered Frank all over the front of the program yesterday. Dedicated the game to Alzheimer's Society, you know, research. Um, you know, it, there is. So, so I've seen some people going, oh, I hate this loving with Dawkins. I, I think it's brilliant. I'm, I'm, it's amazing. I, th- I think we've got a great relationship with them. Mark White is. A genuinely lovely fella, having met him and talked to him, um, and and just the relationship. I think a lot of Latics fans genuinely turned up yesterday in order to financially support Dawkins too, like like a bit of a thank you, and and it's a great relationship. So possibly we wouldn't take eight hundred, massive number in it, seven fifty eight hundred that yeah. far. Um, well, I mean, people still had to make the effort and go, though, didn't they? Like you said, yeah, we still just after yeah, Christmas. Yeah, yeah. I said, I said when we were still there, we got took our places on the front on the front row of that behind the goal. I was like, oh, I bloody love the third round of the FA Cup. Me, it felt like oh, you know, we've we've travelled to Dorking, like you know, we're the we're the league club and we've got lowly Dorking, and and it was on the FA Cup third round weekend, and and that's kind of how it should have been, but um, you know, it was in the league, and, you know, and I said to the Dorking fans and and people I was talking to yesterday, like I said, look, I hope we don't have to play very often like let's do this once do you know what I mean yeah. I don't want this loving to continue season after season I'd like to have I'd like Dawkins to be the, one of the, the the non-league team that I look out for on a weekend and and, and all that kind of stuff because I, I don't want to play them next season unless it's in the FA Cup you know um, 
I really don't. I want us to. I want us to go up, and I want you know. I want them to stay up, and and I want them because I'm like I'm, I'm romantic when it comes to football. You know, I, I love the underdog story. I love you know, what they've achieved is fantastic. Not only is Mark a really nice guy, everybody I met down there yesterday was lovely. It's just a nice atmosphere to go and watch football in. It's friendly, you know, and then. You know, you look at the Wrexham, you know, when Wrexham came up to Boundary Park and they, when you go down to Wrexham and, the, 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 it, you know, they're horrible, aren't they, Wrexham? Not all, obviously, not all Wrexham fans are like that, but it's a sort it's, and I like a bit of, bit of needle as well, so don't get me wrong, but like, you know, I don't want every game to be, you know, like that, but like, there is a, there's a, there's a lot to be said for that kind of warmth and friendliness at football because, you know, when it goes too far the other way, that's also, or dickheads or wankers, Andy, when it goes too far <laughs> the other way, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. you know, like, so it's, it's, it's finding a nice balance. Um, yeah. And, it, and, and it's, it's kind of like bringing out what's all the best things about being in the national league. I think with Dorkin and it makes it a nice experience. It makes it something that you look back on with fondness as opposed to like you say, Reese being at Wheelstone with like 200 fans, they're the they're the <laughs> getting beat three 0 at Walking or getting hammered at Bromley. Those those are things that we'll look back on and go, God, above that was that was grim. But you want to have the nice memories as well. You want to say that was a that was genuinely a really you know memorable experience. Just just as an aside, let, let let's say we did make the playoffs because there's no guarantee. I, I, I don't <laughs> no, think it's any no, guarantee no, no. without us signing any without us genuinely signing some players that can make us retain the football a bit longer than we do but it gives me it gives me nightmares the thought of getting into the playoffs and having to play Bromley away uh, no. <laughs> oh, I know no, no. <laughs> six 6-0 six on aggregate at their place <laughs> isn't it so like exactly, yeah no well, yeah don't want that no. um should, should we do should we do what uh I've been listening I've been listening to the Stockport lads podcast the last couple of weeks because I was having on just to see what what they've been up to and they, they do this bit where they, they say should we do a bit of admin and I'm going to copy it. So we do a bit of that. <laughs> <laughs> so that, yeah, if, we, if we have to, yes. I mean, it sounds boring, but yeah, okay. Yeah, I've done it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ad- so admin, admin that's not my favourite thing. But go on. No, two two bits of admin for you that okay. spot this week. Yeah. Um, well, Mick Rathbone's leaving the club. Yeah. Yeah. That's sad, isn't it, I guess? I he, I'm, I'm sure he's. I'm sure he's had a great uh, impact. So Mike Fondop did that lovely message, didn't he, um, for him. And he's a real character. Uh, but he was just about to retire, I believe, before he came to Latics, wasn't he? So he's uh, he certainly earned it. So yeah, I think the podcast would and the phoning would definitely like to wish Mick Rathbone all the very best. Yeah, wish definitely. Sure. Yeah, but you know, any character leaving, you you imagine, you know, if you've got a character around the place that make people laugh, it's quite a good thing. But yeah. I think uh, the sort of head, the physio, was on maternity and she's returning full time. So therefore, you know, yeah, pointless having too many people. Yeah, particularly if the uh, physio room isn't full. Uh, and then the other thing I spotted this spotted uh, in the last week, um, whether you guys noticed, but uh, one uh, Sir, I'm going to call him Sir, Sir Joseph Royal was um, officially appointed to the board of directors of the football club, uh, dated the 14th of November 2023. No, didn't notice that. No, I, I did because that's the sort of shit I noticed, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's. Uh... But, <laughs> but it was. I just. I felt. I just. I found it. I found it curious. Like you know. He, he, obviously, he's. He's been. He, we know he's there at the club, and he's been helping out. The Royals are part of the sort of backroom. But he's officially appointed to the board of directors. I can only imagine that he's been like advising the board anyway on football yeah. matters for that time, and and he 
not been particularly bothered about whether he was officially a director or not until eventually the board badged him and said come on joe just sign yeah, the paperwork yeah. and you can just yeah. join the board officially and he went oh, all right then. Oh, we're oh, oh we're taking your name off that stand yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine, yeah, but i just thought upon it out i don't i don't imagine it's significant but it was a uh, interesting yeah. bit the timing yeah. Right, should we oh, do that, 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 yeah, that wasn't that wasn't too bad. That admin, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. Right. Admin out of the way, done, finished. Right, uh, hopefully you've uh, weighted some of these questions to uh, to you know. They come know. out of the Paul Prendergast computer, okay, randomly. Well, right? we don't I, know. Reese might, not... might have read every single book on Latics and just have a brilliant, brilliant right. knowledge. I don't, so, you know, I, exactly, I, yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I, I literally put all the questions <clears> that he gives me. Into a into a th and it come out randomly straight out of Paul Prendergast's computer randomly. So yeah. I have no effect on the order of the questions. Okay. Right. Well, best of luck, Reese. Thank you. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Who was in goal for Latics' famous win at Fulham? Daniel Iverson. Correct. After Latics, where did Andy Barlow and Rick Holden resume their left-sided partnership? Bradford City. Blackpool. Who knocked Latics out of the League Cup in 1991? Nottingham Forest. Manchester United. Who was Latic's biggest win against in 2019-20? Grimsby. Wrong. It was 5-0 against Newport. Since getting to the FA Cup semi-final in 1994, what's the furthest Latic's have got in the FA Cup? Fifth round. Correct. Who beat Latic's 4-1 and 5-0 within the space of 11 Premier League games in 1993? Manchester United. Tottenham Hotspur. Who was Latic's first choice goalkeeper at the start of 2005-2006? Pass. During November 2004 and December 2004, so one month, how many goals did Chris Killen score in six games? Five. Ten. What was unique about the consecutive away games versus Preston and Carlisle in 2011-2012? Pass. Who knocked Latics out of the Football League Cup, the AFL Cup, in both 2007 and 2008? Brentford. Burnley. Who did Latic sign from Norwich City? I've started, so I'll finish. Who did Latic sign from Norwich City initially on loan in March 2013? Um, I'll take take a guess. Ah, no, no, nothing's coming to mind. I'll have to pass. I'll have to pass. Okay. 
So you got two correct answers there, which is definitely uh, nothing to be ashamed of. Uh, you had uh, one, two, three passes, I think. So your I got, first. I got, I got two, but possibly three, depending on the passes. So uh, let's let's hear them. Okay. So the passes was who was Latic's first choice keeper at the start of two thousand five, two thousand six? Uh, Les Pogli Corby. Close. Chris Day. Uh, uh, that was the one pass. Second pass was uh, what was unique about consecutive away games versus Preston and Carlisle in 2011 12? Uh, did we win them? That'd be unique, uh, wouldn't it? <laughs> they both finished 3 all. Oh, wow. 3 3. Epic. 3 3. Epic. I guess that's unique. Yeah, yeah. Who did we sign on loan from Norwich in March 2013? Uh, Lee Croft. Corey Smith. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I got I got two as well. <laughs> I'll say that I wanted to beat Bin Man's three, but I'm guessing I'm the youngest <laughs> to to ever do Athletics Man. So well, I'm pretty annoyed with that Nottingham Forest Man United answer because my mind just went blank between one of them, and I just went for just ended up on Forest. But a few were complete guesses. Yeah, I thought. I, I mean, I didn't whether you get the five 0 against Newport in 1920. I thought that was a good question for you. <laughs> You're not recently enough, you know. Well, I mean, I I was at the League Cup game where we lost against United, and I got it wrong. Was I? So I couldn't remember it. So, <laughs> yeah, that's the way it goes, isn't it? But yeah, yeah, nice one, Reese. Good effort Thanks on the on, on Lattice Wine. Thanks for coming on. Uh, you'll have to make the phone the phone in sometime as well. Because yeah, I always see your comments popping up in the uh, in the chat when when you're on there. But yeah, we need you know that's the thing with a phone we need we need people to phone in that's uh you know that's what it's all about um yeah. you know like some people say oh, you see comments oh well, you should you know more call don't don't give callers so much time like have more on well we need more callers in chat to be able to do that so you know if you've got your comments if you want to be on the with i think this season andy we've had a lot more people wanting to be on the pod haven't we reaching out yeah. to us directly yeah. say can i come on a podcast which is great and, and that's really good and we you know long may that continue but uh yeah so give us a give us a shout on the phone in on wednesday it's live on youtube and facebook at half eight um and uh, I don't know if I have any other admin, Andy, that I want to add. Actually, I think I'm, I, I think I don't know if you have any other admin. No, no, um, I don't think I don't think I do. What I will say is is I will echo what I said earlier on. Get down to Boundary Park on Saturday for the Hending game. Um, let's let's get the crowd going. Let's get behind the team, and let's get to Wembley. I mean, we could be going to Wembley twice, um, like we were singing in 1990. You know, when we nearly made it. But let's do it this time. Let's do it for the kids. Let's do it for the likes of Reese. Thanks for joining us. See you next week. Thank you for listening to the Boundary Park Alert System, a QPod production hosted and produced weekly by Matt Dean, Andy Halliwell and Dave Bradley. QPod is Oldham's only dedicated podcast production company and if you'd like to learn more about how podcasting can help take your brand to the next level, visit kupod.co.uk. A huge thank you goes to all those people who subscribe to the podcast on Spotify. We really appreciate you all. Please visit oafcpodcast.co.uk and click be a supporter or find the link in the show notes if you'd like to help 
help us fund the show. It's only £2.99 per month to subscribe, but if you'd rather make a one-off donation, please visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash OAFC podcast or click the link on our website. Don't miss the Latix football phone-in every Wednesday live from 8.30pm. Please visit youtube.com forward slash at OAFC podcast and do hit subscribe while you are there. You can also follow and interact with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok at OAFC Podcast. Big thanks go to Eileen Finnegan for writing our excellent weekly blog, which we encourage you to read on our website every Saturday morning and also to Paul Prendergast for providing us with all the Latics Mind questions. The title music for the show is by Manchester DJ and producer Starion and for more information visit bandcamp.com forward slash red laser records. If you'd like to be a guest or contribute to the show, we would love to hear from you. Until then, see you next time.